Danny Class round two. Yeah, baby. So we're gonna have Alan, Josh, and I believe Tim, right? Yes. Yep. Friend Tim, who goes to another church, uh, will be coming and leading that. If you have ever thought about what your identity is truly as a son or daughter, or you've never really even thought about that, then you definitely need to come. I'm just saying, I, I, I was I was a believer for 25, 28 years, something like that. I mean, grew up in the faith, and I never had anyone, particularly you know, fatherly type figures to say, yo bro, this is what it means to be a son. And also this is what it means to be a daughter. I know, uh, Laura, you'll be coming too? To someone, are you coming to this Tuesday one? I can't, I have a double book, but I'm Okay, there. but you will be. So, yeah, I'm just saying, it's so important to really understand who you are in Him because so much is going to flow out of that. Amen. 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 So that will be happening this Tuesday. We're also going to have our midweek prayer night on uh, Wednesday. Uh, so, hey, if you guys can't make one or make both or whatever, I get it. Uh, but we're just going to be here, and Bill and I will be here just, just praying. Amen. Praying for the Lord to continue to do what He's doing here. Because um, there's so much cool stuff happening. Uh, we got a women's ministry Thursday, May 9th. If you have any questions regarding that, I guess you should see Annabelle, right? Annabelle, why don't you just raise your hand for some of uh, some maybe the new folks? Cool. So that will be coming. Um, <clears throat> another thing, I'm really excited about this. Might be my most exciting announcement. And that is, the men's group is up and running soon. Yeah. So we had to do a little reboot on it. So Brian and uh, Michael Hampton, Brian Trickell and, and Michael Hampton are going to be running that. Uh, we'll give you the dates soon, but uh, it's more or less going to be on a Saturday. Um, we're trying to figure out the best venue. But that's exciting. We want, man, we want men to just... Grow in the Lord. Of course, we want women to grow in the Lord as well, but the stats are that as men get older, they become more and more isolated. Very bizarre. Uh, women kind of keep their social kind of thing, but men, once they get out of high school and or college, it's like they start to kind of separate from the dudes. Um, so we want to create a, a tribe, right? Amen. A tribe of burning people, <laughs> burning fathers, and burning sons. Amen? Yeah. Warriors. Warriors. Amen. Two other things, I know Jamie Fitz not here, but we as a church are standing uh, in agreement in prayer. The new prayer guide has come out for the region. Uh, some of you have, have been on board for that for uh, about a year now. If you're interested, pick up a, this is a great prayer guide. Just looking at different things that are happening in the region. In business, and politics, and education gives you a, a strategy of how to pray, scripture verses to pray in agreement with. Um, so that we can just pray in the heavenlies for the Lord just to change the region. Um, so as a church, the 16th of each month is our day, particularly slotted to pray. But of course, you can pray that all the time. Another thing is that there's a card out in the lobby out there. Uh, Jamie and Pete Todd, Philadelphia Tabernacle of David, is, they're doing a 24-hour, seven, day, seven days worship and declaration um, of just praying and rejoicing in Philadelphia, inviting various ministries here. You can look on the back of the card to see some of the folks that are coming. You know, Jose and Dan will be ministering. Um, that's going to take place in the beginning of June. Uh, and it, it's like, it's like so epic. 24-7 worship and declarations released from the birthplace of the nation. Right? We're just standing in prayer at the place, right? With the covenant... Amen. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States was signed and ratified that brought forth freedom and liberty to the captains. Amen. That there's now 
that we get to be a part of a generation that usher in now the spiritual, true liberation revival that's going to take place coming from Philadelphia. So if you want to be a part of that, Amen. woo! First week of June. Uh, I'm not sure. We gotta we gotta talk. I know Jamie's looking for uh, scheduling, and I know that was kind of in the in the cards. We gotta talk to uh, the worship team. <laughs> they may have already started. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I was also told that um, a sign up list for the identity class and also men's breakfast. Uh, is out there as well. If you're interested in that, you can sign up with your phone numbers and reach out to you. So, you know, I want to hand over to Bill. Thank you, Dick. Huh? Today's scripture verse you can find in uh, John, uh, John 10 10. And there's another one connected with the John 6.63. But John 10 10 starts out by saying, this, this is Jesus talking. He says, Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come, he says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. If you will get into my word, my word will enable you to enjoy healing, peace, <coughs> joy, and my very presence. Yeah. Those are his words. I paraphrased it a little bit, but that, that is exactly what it says there in John 10.10 10 and in John 6.63. So... Make it a point to read these words. These are words from our Lord, and they're alive, and they bring forth healing and strength to us, joy and peace. There's no need for us to give in to the, to the enemy and listen to his garbage about stealing, killing, and destroying, okay? If we will just allow ourselves to spend time reading God's word. Okay, if you don't know where to start, start with the verse I just gave you. And if that isn't uh, appealing to you, just start any place. If you will just open the book and start any place, the Lord will begin to speak to you. Amen? Amen. And once He begins speaking to you, guess what's going to happen? You're going to begin speaking to other people. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? Those seeds, the Word of God, begin to take root in us, and they begin, uh, fruit begins to come forth. And when that begins to happen, people you'll begin sharing it with other people. Now, it may not be with strangers, okay, but it may be within your own family. And you can start a ministry right there in your own family. And if you don't have a ministry, then start praying for somebody, and you'll have a ministry. <coughs> Amen? Amen? But there's no need for us to come to church on Sunday, and then after we leave here, it's business as usual. And the next five, six days are just, you know, we're at the mercy of the enemy. Jesus didn't come for us to, to enjoy that. There's nothing to be enjoyed there. It's temporary, it doesn't last long. But any relationship we have, and we all have that relationship with the Lord, it gets better and better and better, as long as we remain close in relationship with Him. Amen, just like a baby with his mother, you know. We get close, you know, we begin to enjoy all the, the, the benefits that take that begin to occur as that relationship grows. Amen. 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 Okay. Okay. Everybody get them? Yes. Okay, I'll go over it again if you want me to. <laughs> There's benefits. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Father, we lift up these tithes and offerings before you. These seeds, Lord, that, that, are, that are being planted into your ministry here, into this warm soil. Father, we've seen evidence of what has taken place when we plant these seeds. 
our offerings, our tithes, wonderful things begin to happen as we can all see as we look around. So Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. William Gerhardt, most stylish usher in the country. <laughs> We're going to invite Josh to come on up. Pastor Josh. Now we don't use titles too often, but when we do, when we do, you got to pay attention to him. Proverbs 15, 22, without counsel, plans go array, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Amen. So I'm just so, I'm so blessed that we have uh, so many people, both male and female that are rising up in the congregation as teachers of the word. Um, that, that is a sign, amen, of a healthy congregation, amen. right? And so it's not only just cool for me to get a, a week uh, to, to kind of rest a little bit, uh, but more importantly, it's to give other perspectives and other insights that I may not be carrying. Because everyone, you know, they're with the Lord, they're, they're walking in things, right, that they, they get from the Lord. And so it's so important, you know, um, I just encourage you, you know, to go out and to listen to other teachers of the word. I mean, we're living in this information age where there's so much good stuff available. Be exposed to a bunch of good things. You know, if there's things that are wrong, then you can talk to someone in leadership and say, hey, what, what about this? And we can maybe help correct. But it's so important to get a breadth of information and a breadth of styles. And so, Lord, we just come before and we thank you for the Ronaldo family, for them just laying down their lives to you. And when we step into ministry, right, time. Now it becomes a little shortened and, and there's another ball to juggle, but I just thank you for, for Laura and I thank you for Josh for just being obedient to the calling that's on their lives. And Father, I pray that you just release your word in Josh and that we have hearts that are ready to receive. I love this guy. He has spoken so much virtue and character into my life that, I, that, that I've just learned from him um, and patience and a different way of looking into the facets of you. And so I just bless him and I bless his family in your name. Amen. 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 Thanks, bro. You know, it's really important to give our, our lead pastor a break. I don't know if you guys know this, but pretty much everything that he preaches, he takes like 10, 15 hours to research and figure out. And we're very, very blessed. He's an original teacher and the family knows, right? The family knows. But, um, so today we're going to talk about how behavior follows your belief, or, or maybe a different way to say that would be like what you believe you act out. And um, so how many people know, like, when you go to teach on something, I'll just let you in on something, the Lord puts his finger in your life on the very thing that you're going to be talking on. And so specifically, one of the things that he said to me, he said, Joshua, you're relying way too much on your slides. <laughs> And also my wife said that a couple weeks before that too. <laughs> so it's still God. <laughs> um, and so the response to that was, okay, Lord, I will have no slides. So actually Dave told me to put this slide up there. But I have a, a graphic design background. Uh, one of the things I do for the church is I do a lot of the social media, um, Facebook posts and all that kind of stuff. So I could very easily rely on my abilities in graphic design and kind of like, oh, that's a nice slide, that's a nice graphic, and you know what, people people enjoy that, and I, I think it's a great way to communicate the information that I'm saying, but 
if I'm going to sit here and read the slide and not rely on the Holy Spirit, then that's, that's behavior that needs to change. You know, so the belief that I have behind that is probably something like, you know, I'm going to stumble and bumble and make so many mistakes that I need this slide up here to distract you guys from me. Right? Now, I'm not going to lie, sometimes it's great to have a video, have a video, gives you like a five minute break while you're still standing up here and stuff like that, but, um, so just to be honest, to let you in, like I'm preaching on behavior that follows belief, and God was like, yeah, that's a behavior that I'd like you to, to change, right? So this message is really, it's about my philosophy, I would say, or my rationale for like how I see um, transformation in my life, but also in other people's lives. Many of you wouldn't know that um, myself, Alan, and Tim um, started a ministry called Red Strawberry Ministries uh, like three years, three or four years ago at this point, or so longer. Anyway, it it's basically was a discipleship ministry, discipling people in their identity, discipling them in how to grow and be transformed. And we basically piloted a program just based on what Alan has learned, what Tim has learned, what I had learned. And we saw like people that followed that program, they went through some stuff, but they were transformed big time. Uh, and so that's what the identity class actually is. It's a, it's a, it, what we did was we had a group at, that would meet at Starbucks. We called it just the Starbucks men's group. We would hang out and we would uh, have fellowship, but we'd have pointed conversations about like what's, God, what's going on in your life and how can you be different, right? And how does knowing who you are in Christ actually change how you behave. And so, sort of a pitch for the identity class on, on the fly, but it's also true. What, we, what we've done is we've piloted that program for like three years, and now we're slowly bringing it into a church setting where we can actually have people change. So like oftentimes, as a Christian, you're called to like go out and minister, right? Like, you're, like, like that's one of the things outreach is like a big piece of what we're called to, but many times we're so afraid to reach out to people, um, but that's a lot of times it's because of a belief that's inside of us. It's a belief that, you know, maybe I don't have what they need, or maybe I don't understand enough <clears throat> of the gospel to even talk to somebody about the gospel. But mostly what happens is when you get your identity straightened out and you start to see how God sees you great book in the Bible to read would be like Ephesians. If you start reading Ephesians, you'll see the, uh, the whole premise of the identity message or the sonship message. But you get excited to reach out to people. And it's almost like when you get transformed by God's love, did I get louder? What just happened? Yeah, yeah. I'll hold it back here. Is that good? Gonna... I'm not very loud. To when did Dad ask your wife? She was like, bring, bring. How's it? How, how is it? <laughs> she doesn't like it. <laughs> so, anyway, as you, as you start to change your inner beliefs about yourself, about how God's created you, about um, not only about how you see yourself, but how you see God, and how you see other people, um, what happened for me particularly is I couldn't help but like really want to love people well. And... Part of that is like being relational and talking to people and saying, hey, what's going on in your life, Alan, today? You know, like, oh, man, I'm having some job stuff and this is going on. Right? 
So it's easy for me to talk to Alan, but why can't I do that if I go out on for, to First Fridays and just, you know, have an opportunity to connect with people? So these are things that they really change when your belief about yourself changes. And, um, so like, this might be a little shocking, but as a pastor, I'm actually more concerned with your heart than your behavior. Maybe a little shocking to you. It's, it's important, your behavior is important to change, but you're not a puppet, you're not Pinocchio, you're not, you're not the, the God, God is not trying to weave your behavior so that you do the right thing. He, if he did that, he wouldn't be able to have a real relationship with you. That's part of the whole thing. It's good work. So it doesn't work that way, like, right? You can, you can be, try to change your behavior, modify your behavior, and that's good. But Jesus is calling you more than just simple behavior modification, and he has a different solution than uh, what you might think. So just, I've told you a little bit about like, all right, for example, I'm relying too much on slides, so the, the Lord has said, here's a behavior I'd like you to change, but I'm gonna be honest with you and, and transparent with you, and there's like way more behaviors than that that needs to change in my life. So, but I think some of the core behaviors are like, I, I tend to struggle with worry and fear, and, I, and it, it was way worse years ago. But like, so why do I worry so much? There's a belief behind something, there's something that I'm believing that's causing me to come to a situation that's new, and it causes me to, to be afraid and to worry. The other one is like, just to be honest, is like if something happens with my car mechanically, or my wife's car or whatever, there is a weird overreaction to the to the issue. It's like it's like maybe a normal person would be like, "Oh, I have a flat tire." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I have a flat tire! I have to stop everything I'm doing and run and do this." And, and like, why do I do that? How is that helpful? How is that reflecting the truth that God is, you know, God is with me. He doesn't leave me or forsake me. God is provider. Like, if those truths haven't come into my heart, then I'm still believing. <laughs> the old way, that he's not worthy of trust, that, he, that he's not going to provide for me, right? And so this belief, that's, there's a belief inside that, that um, that's deeper, and that will come out in my behavior. So I don't have to, make, maybe I don't have to like nail you with it or prove that point, but I'm telling you, like, I'm not standing up here saying, I've got this together. I'm saying, hey, let's do this together. Let's be, let's be transformed. So what's, my main point is like, what's going inside of you? What's going on inside of you matters, right? Like, your behavior on the outside is nice, but what matters is what's driving that behavior on the outside. And so, I've had people actually come up to me and, and, and say like, well, I just want you to tell me what to do. What is the behavior that you expect from me? And I was like, to be honest, I don't really care what your behavior is. I care where's your heart in that? Where, why, why? What's producing that? <coughs> and uh, it, it kind of flabbergasted the person. Like they were like, I don't know what to do with that. Like, why don't you just tell me what to do? And I'm like, I don't want to tell you what to do. Jazz, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> She's sitting in the front. She's like, don't worry, it's not you. You're the best admin ever. Hashtag best admin ever. Seriously, give it a round of applause. She's, she's the best actor we've ever had. 
Why would I be more concerned with, with the heart than your behavior? It's like I said, your behavior is directly linked to what you're believing inside. You know, and what you believe is generally based on your family of origins, so your your mom, your dad, if you live with your grandparents. I lived with, with uh, uh, grandparents who lived through the Great Depression, right? <clears throat> and we're getting pretty far away from that generation that lived there, but uh, the, the whole philosophy was like, you might not have, like literally really might not have that item that you have now. And so anything you got, you would have to keep. And scarcity. It's a scarcity mentality. It's like a poverty mentality. But it was a real thing. That really happened. And they, they people were starving and, and it was a real deal. So uh, so my point is like when you live with certain people and have a certain culture, you develop certain beliefs that come along with that, right? And so as a church, we're trying to cultivate a new belief structure, like a new understanding of that we are created in God's image. We are righteous in Christ. And those core beliefs, from those core beliefs, flow something different, right? We should look different than secular society was. And um, my solution to that, instead of changing your outward behavior only and focusing on the little... You know, the little behaviors and things like that is that we can then allow the Lord to start to transform us. So the, the, the main point is I'm, when you're talking to me, I am going to be more concerned with what's going on inside your heart. And that's more my bent. That's just more my counsely type nature. I don't know what Dave would call that. but So let me prove it to you from Scripture that not only is Josh worried about your heart, the Lord is, is worried about your heart. And that's primarily where he judges so in Samuel 16, 7, this is, uh, yeah, this is when Samuel was going to anoint one of the king of Israel, <clears throat> and he goes to uh, King David's family, he's not King David at that point, but, but he's going there, and he encounters one of the first sons that they talk about in the Bible, of, of Jesse, who's of, you know, King David's, it's King David's father, and uh, I think it was Eliab, E-L-I-A-B. And he was like, wow, this guy looks like a king. He acts like a king. He carries himself like a king. This must be the king. And God was like, do not look at his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not see a man. The Lord does not see as man does, for man sees the outward appearance, but the Lord sees the heart. The Lord sees the heart. Right? Like, that's something that's worth reflecting on. Because that's not how our society works, is it? <laughs> you know, you go for a job, like, I mean, you go for a job interview, and if you're not, if you're not looking the part, it's very likely you're not going to get the job. You know, they're not allowed to discriminate, but come on, like, you know, don't go, you don't go in there on all the shape, I mean, unless you have a nice beard like me, that's, I think that's fine. <laughs> All right, this, 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 this I just found fascinating as I was like looking into the scriptures to, you know, I don't want to say to create an argument, but just as I'm, as I'm looking through, there's this section of, of Matthew 23, 23, 27. It's like Jesus is basically like, whoa, Pharisees, you do this and you're a mess inside, right? So I just want to read it to you. Know that I'm not like speaking this over you, but 
it really illustrates the point that I'm going here. So, so in Matthew 23, 23, Jesus says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You pay tithes of mint, dill, and cumin, but you have disregarded the weightier matters of law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Now, I had to take pause there because basically, you should have practiced both. Right. You should have done both. He says some harsh things. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but you swallow a camel. What's that saying? That's like, it's like you minor in the details and major in the... <laughs> you, major, you major in the details and you minor in the things that are more important. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and the dish but inside they are full of greed, self-indulgence, blind, blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup of the dish, so that the outside may become clean as well. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, right? Outside behavior, they look nice. But on the inside, you're full of dead men's bones and every impurity. In the same way, on the outside you appear to be righteous, but in the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. So what's God saying here? He's saying, you're filthy inside. Your behavior on the outside looks great. And they were beautiful too, right? They were dressed, they were, they were dressed like very, for the time, very, uh, it's like wearing a suit and tie nowadays, right? That kind of thing. Um, so beautiful on the outside, filthy on the inside. How many people would rather be a little bit clean on the inside than looking all nice on the outside? You don't have to raise your hand and say that might be uncomfortable, but I'm just telling you, I would rather be that. One of my life, one of my life verses is, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Those with clean hands and with pure hearts. So, to be where God is, your inside needs to be clean. To be in his presence, your insides need to be clean. But clean hands, right? So that represents, like, do the right thing too. Be, be clean on the outside, but... Sure, they be clean on the inside. Get your inner inner beliefs in order. Get your inner life in order. <clears throat> right, so it could sound like I'm just telling you what to do without giving you tools, and I promise I'll give you some tools near the end, but right now. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out, is, so I'm talking a lot about the heart, right? So, and Dave just last week talked about the heart and mind balance, and he did a really good job of talking about like um, how we see the difference between heart and mind today. But biblically, um, the, if, if you're looking into it, the Greek word for, for heart is cardia. A uh, Hebrew word is something like labab. Probably butchered it, sorry. <laughs> but the reality is they saw the heart and the mind as it's all one thing. It's all, it's all the interior life, right? Like if you look up the definition, the heart in a biblical context, it's referring to your inner man, your inner life encompasses your mind, your will, your emotions, your soul. It's the seat of intention. It's the center of your being. So what I'm saying is if you change the heart, your mind, will, emotions, your behavior will change. You know, I think it's an easier way. I actually do. It's, it's easier in the sense of you don't have to, like, pick the 25 different things that you're doing wrong and try to focus on changing each one of those things. You take one step back. And you're like, oh, this is what's controlling all that? Amen. Amen. Look, I like shortcuts. My wife doesn't think that my shortcuts are short, but I like shortcuts. 
And to me, that's the major shortcut of your life. It's like, hey, I can focus on these 25 different things and put all my energy into transforming them and, and kind of worship at the gospel of self-help. Or I could say, Lord, what's your plan? What's your solution to this? Because it's not my solution. It's not the world's solution. The world's solution is like, focus on these behaviors and change each one of them. His solution was to send Jesus to kill off the old nature. Jesus died on the cross as you, for you. So think about that. Think about what that means. It's he, he became, it's scripture says he became sin, literally became sin on the cross. And God cursed that sin, cursed Jesus on the cross. He died for you, as you, in your place. He didn't die because you're worthless. He died because you're so valuable. He died because he wants a family. He died so that you could be uh, reconnected back to the Father and have that, that deeper relationship in life. So God's solution is not for you to try to change every single behavior, though you should. You should work on behaviors that are you know, rooted in, in things that aren't good. But his solution was to say, consider yourself dead to sin and alive to me, alive to Christ. What does, what, so what does it mean to consider yourself dead to sin? You know, Paul, when he writes, like, I used to read his stuff, and it's just like, because it's all, to, it's just like this beautiful enmeshment of these words, and, and like some of the stuff that he says, and the way that he says it is like confusing, but, but as I was reflecting on what does it mean to consider, consider myself dead to sin and alive to, to Christ, it means something like, That old way of being, in a very real way, has passed. It's time to put that away. And it's time, in a very spiritual sense, real sense, to partner with the Lord and accept what he's done. Accept the full work of, of, of what Jesus has done on the cross um, in the context of your inner life. Um, So how do you do that? How do you consider yourself dead to sin and alive? Um, in, that, in that section of scripture where I was reading it, it says, present yourself to God. And as I was reading that, I was like, there was just something on it, man. There was some kind of like, some kind of anointing, right? So like, like there's multiple ways to solve a problem, right? Like, so okay, I have tons of behaviors that I do that are just like silly. Like I talk to my wife, I forget to close our door. Uh, to the house pretty much almost every night. But if you talk to me, I'm like, I, I think I have like a 50-50% success rate of remembering to shut, <laughs> shut and lock the door. Uh, I won't give you my address, just see what you see. But um, there's all these different behaviors that I could be, I could be working on and changing. And, and some of those, like, that's really just, like, that's, that's a behavior that's just learned. And that can be transformed. And you can, like, set reminders for yourself and set goals for yourself and, and, and say like, okay, this is the thing that's gonna remind me to do this thing. And that's fine, that's one thing. But when we're talking about matters of the heart, when we're talking about loving people well, when we're talking about reaching out, we're talking about, you know, treating other people well, or like, do you, you guys know there's like a, there's gotta be, almost everyone has this, 
there's a person in your life that you're like, they come in the door and you're just like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to engage with that person, right? And it's not just one person, but it's, if you look, it's probably a type of person. It's probably like there's certain behaviors that they, um, did you just say extra grace required? Yeah. <laughs> right? And hopefully I'm not one of those people for you. If I am, it's okay. I apologize. You can come to me after service let me know. But um, I'm sure I'm that for somebody, right? There's people that I'm going to make uncomfortable because of the way that I am. But the reality is, like, you're probably believing something about that type of person, right? There's something inside that says that person is uncomfortable or that person is unsafe or that type of person is just someone that I don't want to be around. But if you change the thing that says that and you start to see that person the way that God sees them, but you have to ask the Lord. You have to say, Lord, <laughs> I'm being sinful. <laughs> it's sin. It's not, it's not, you know, I'm not able to love that person. You know, I'm not saying you have to be best friends with that person, but I'm, I'm not able to, to be kind to that person. I'm not able to... And, and, and the truth is, if you, if you ask the Lord, because through the new covenant, through what Jesus has done, we have access to nature. Amen. So we can, you know, keep living in the old beat-up Toyota Corolla, not, not Toyota or anything like that, where we can, like, jump into the, to the Ferrari that God's given us. We have access to this awesome new nature, but we just don't know how to access it, right? So I think how we access it is, like, we actually present ourselves to the Lord considering ourselves dead. One way I would call it is positioning yourself. Whenever I pray, <clears throat> almost almost always, I, I, I try to. <laughs> I try to position myself as who I am in Christ. So who am I in Christ? In Christ, I'm a new creation. In Christ, I'm a son that's, that's loved. In Christ, I'm righteous. In Christ, I can come boldly before the throne of grace. In Christ, I'm a pretty cool dude. <laughs> Even though I didn't feel like a pretty cool guy, I didn't feel like I was had anything to offer. Right? So, so what I mean is, you get that, right? Like I'm doing, like for you that are listening on the audio, I'm doing this, like my hands in the air, and I'm bringing my hand down over my body, right? Like when you get this vertical thing right, which is inside of you, you're going to be different. Amen. You're not going to have to keep. Kicking the dog, making mistakes that are just not loving people well. And all right, so the other the other reason I'm like, why am I so big on the heart, right? Why am I so big on getting the heart clean and, and the heart? It's because it's where it's like the area where, like, when Jesus commanded the disciples to love each other, this was like pretty important because it was right before he died on the cross. One of the last and most important commandments he gave is he said to love each other because that way people will know that you're my disciples. <laughs> Whenever Jesus talks, I think it's really important to listen. And he talks, he talks a pretty decent amount about, about loving people well. He, you know, there's a scripture, no greater love has a man than to lay his life down for his friend. So we're called to it, but like we're trying to like beat ourselves up and we're trying to like change the old nature when God's killed the old nature. Yeah. It's dead on the cross. Stop trying to resurrect it. Just quoting one of my favorite um, pastors, Graham Cook. It's not really a pastor, but for this context it works. Um, so you're dead. Stop resurrecting that old nature. Consider yourself dead to sin and alive to Christ. Present yourself to him. 
So in your quiet time, present yourself to him. After service, come up here, present yourself to him. It takes action. Like, he's done it, but if you don't step into it and receive it, you do not have access to it. It's done, but if you don't receive it, you don't have access to it. Um, Hey, Mary, can you, or can you come up to worship? <clears throat> so, like, what, again, so what's God's strategy? Like we do bad things, right? Like, so, well, I love simple. I like to boil it down to something simple. We do bad things. We have bad behaviors that aren't consistent with the way God's called us to live. We don't reflect, we don't reflect Christ's nature in these things. God's solution, consider yourself dead. I died, Jesus, he sent Jesus to die for you as you're on the cross. If you haven't accepted that yet, like, there's no time like the present, right? There's no time, there's no time like the present. And if, and if it's like you've never heard it presented this way, it's belief. It's your belief. It's by your belief that you're saved. That's how important, how important belief is in getting your beliefs right. I'm not making being saved or coming into God's family a works thing. It's not, it's not, it's not a work, but belief is so powerful that what you believe about yourself, what you believe about other people, what you believe about God, has the potential to transform everything the way that you see it. There's a new lens that God's given us access to, and it's the lens of love. So oftentimes people look through the lens of like, what can I get from this person? What can I get from this person that's in front of me? How can I make a deal with them to get what I need and to get my needs met? God's solution is like, no, I meet your needs. You love that person. Right? That's God's solution to it. And, but if you, don't, if you don't step into it, there's no way to access that. There's no way to, to be that transformed person. So what I'm saying is consider yourself dead to the way that you were. You are dead. If you don't believe it, Ask God to make it true, not not the physical death, but like that's that death of the old nature. It's, it's been done on the cross. All you need to do is accept that that's been done for you. <clears throat> I don't make you make it that simple. It's obviously not just simple, but it is. It's easy to do. It may not be simple. It's the beginning of the process. It's stepping in. So like. Spirit come, we just ask you to make it true. You just, you just bow your heads, guys. Let's get right. Let's get right. Holy Spirit come after your way. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Holy Spirit ask you to convict people now of any belief that's not consistent with your desired beliefs, God. Yes. Yes. We release your anointing, God, into this place right now. <coughs> Father, I ask you to, to pierce hearts and minds, God, with, with the truth of, of what you're what you're trying to get out. Don't let me be a hindrance with not using the right words or not. <clears throat> not saying everything that you want, Lord. 
despite of me move, God, despite of me have a way. So I just encourage you, if, if the Lord's bringing up something, saying, hey, this is what you're believing, right? This, it's, like, it's going to be gentle. It's not going to be this like, oh, you're such a scumbag. No, you're not a scumbag. You're a valued son and daughter of father. So just a way to deal with this is a simple, it's a simple prayer of, of like, okay, Father, I've believed this. I'm choosing with my will right now to break agreement with the way that I've believed, and I'm asking you to show me the truth and show me how to walk in the truth, and I receive your truth, and I choose to put that on, right? So like, it's a, it's it's a just a, it's just a, like a probably a way most of us wouldn't think to do, but it's. A simple prayer of agreement. Like, yeah. I agree, God, that that sin, that's not the way you've wanted me to believe. And I ask for your forgiveness. And I receive your forgiveness. And I know that through Jesus on the cross, I, I do have forgiveness of that sin. But Lord, I'm asking you to change me. I'm asking you to transform me. I'm asking you to put your truth. Yes, Lord. Put your truth inside me. Put your truth inside me, God. That's not your plan. That's not right. That's sin. I'm sorry. I thank you for forgiving. 
forgiven me, I receive your forgiveness, will you make me different? And believe me, he'll do it. That's, you should want to pray a prayer that God will answer. Pray something like that. Make me different. Make me different so that I love people well. Make me different so that I have on the inside what the world actually needs. Make me different so that I'm bold. Make me different so that I love people well. So Father, we just come before you and we ask that this this would be true in our lives, God. That you would change the beliefs that will correct the behaviors, God. Yes. We surrender to you as the leadership of the church, God. We yield to you. We ask you to make us emotionally, spiritually healthy, God. Make this a place where it's it's safe to learn. It's safe to learn to, to be different people. Where it's safe to learn how to love you, God. Where it's safe to learn how to love other people. Lord, do it in our leadership team. Do it in me and Dave and our wives and our families. Do it in the board, God. Do it in the congregation, Lord. Do it in Bristol, God. We just choose to partner with you, Father. We just thank you. It's a good word, Josh. Called religion. Got to do it. 
good myself for it. I gotta prove it to people. I gotta prove it to myself. <sighs> Satan's just sitting there with a big smile on his face. He's saved. But it's not free yet. Woo! Oh my gosh. You might be saved. Josh was prophesying, Josh was teaching. We want to be a people that are free. Free indeed. Lord, we acknowledge that we receive the blood of Jesus. Jesus sees us as a new creation, but Lord, I ask that we ourselves didn't see ourselves as new creations. We don't have to prove to anyone anything anymore, ever again. It is finished. So, Lord, we pray for a spirit of freedom, a spirit of freedom of the heart to fall in the tabernacle of the Lord again. A spirit of freedom that breaks the chains of religion, the chains of having to do, and chains of, look what I've done, a little notch in my belt, and I'm arriving. Pray against that spirit of religion we no longer have to prove. We're well loved. If you need that broken off your life, I'll be real with you. I need it broken. It's something that every time I break it down, once the prophet raises his head again, if you want that spirit of performance, that spirit of doing broken off your life, you want to enter into a place of freedom, of the love of God, of the heart of God, and seeing how He values you. And I haven't told to anyone who you are because you're already in right standing. So when that annoying person comes to you who's all egotistical, and your ego wants to flare up, so your ego could be bigger than their ego, you can just let it all die down and say, His ego in me is all that matters. If you need that, we just invite you to come down. Josh, if you can come on down. Laura, if you can come on down. Jess, Annabelle. Now I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, the pastor of the church. I'm going to get prayer. Because I know that that is a thing that the enemy always tries. Tries to work towards me or against me. Why don't we just stand as we close out a quick prayer? Have a wonderful week. We have the identity class where a lot of these ideas are being discussed on Tuesday. Wednesday is prayer. Of course, we have our time of fellowship downstairs today. Lord, we come before you and we thank you for the word that you've birthed in Josh. I know that this was not an easy word, but it's a word that he walked out through the years. Lord, we thank you for his faithfulness. We thank you for the word that he's given. Father, we just come before you and we acknowledge, Lord, that it's not about doing. It's got to be a matter of the heart. That our heart is transformed in faith. And now the byproduct of that is good works. As James says, amen. Amen. We'll be up here for prayer. If you need it, I know I'm getting some. Have a wonderful week.
you have a Facebook Messenger. Yeah. yeah I'll send you some yeah. pictures. These yeah. are not... I don't think you'll be prepared for what you're going to see because it's not it's real stuff. Uh, and, uh... Yeah, uh, send it to, you know, we're still hopeful of uh, Facebook Messenger. Uh, you know, the name of the church on the easiest
He did the sheet. He really? Yeah, I'm like, this is what I want on it. I just goes, I'm busy. Yeah, yeah. A quick sketch. I'm like, what? See, I'll see how he responds. Okay. So he came back to me. Did he finish it in like ten minutes? He did a drawing for your business, or no, 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 for not yet. Not yet. That's just a little stupid sheet. But it's something that took, you know, take a few minutes.
Ellis, watch the kids. Mama. It's pouring rain out. What? It's pouring rain out. Oh, no. It's your coat on. Ah. <laughs> Is Papa going to carry you? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> 